0: Three, two, one. Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast. Your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now, here are your hosts... Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam, returning once again. But joining me today, it's my partner in crime from a different podcast. But joining me here on Spurs News, it's In Stefan. Another day, another podcast, my friend. How are you doing? It is. It is for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't have uh, one uh, a day at the moment. <laughs> It is, but it's a very it's a very different audience here. Uh, for those who don't know, me and Stefan do a entertainment podcast together where we talk about uh, Marvel, Star Wars, basically lots of nerdy stuff. Um, uh, the Witcher, Lord of the Rings, uh, you name it. You can find a website, Uh Check it out if you're interested. You might find us there and find it amusing, enjoy it. We know a few people have crossed over, but... That advert for my side hustle aside, this is the Tottenham podcast. This is Spurs News. Uh Matt unfortunately is still unwell, so uh sending him my best wishes. I okay, get well soon, Matt. I know yeah. you're listening. Uh but yeah, you're here with me, buddy, and we're yes, talking about Tottenham. Or our other our other other love. Yes. you say <laughs> love. It's one of those ones
1: where, you yeah, know, do we do we love it or do we put up with it at this point? It,
0: like... it, it's it, it's it's an abusive relationship, yes, I feel. Yeah. Um it, it's definitely one that's gone toxic over the years on numerous ooh, ooh, occasions, ooh, ooh, ooh. And, I, and I keep taking her back. Yeah, I
1: feel that. <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure where I feel right now, but it's one of the things... out
1: of every 90 <coughs> minutes, I dislike it.
0: Yeah. Now, that, that, that's an interesting <laughs> conversation. We'll come on to that. Um, one of the things I've promised listeners of this podcast I'm going to do, and I'm going to try and stick to it as best as my memory will hold, is we're going to open the show with fan comments and questions because otherwise I get to them at the end and I'm like, oh, I've already talked about this and and then I feel bad. (laughs) So here we go. It is time to head across to our social media.
1: Now it's time for your comments from our social media.
0: Now I normally ask Matt this, so I'll ask you Facebook or Instagram. Lovely Laura. Let's go Instagram. Okay, we open up with Instagram and we have a comment from Jake Bennett 17 Jake says, hello all. Good start, Jake. Strong start. Nice, nice. Hope you're all well. Yes, yes. He's polite. Okay. I like this guy. Yeah, very nice. Good to see us come back from a couple of sticky situations, coming back to beat Bournemouth and then Marseille. One thing that had been bothering me was our lack of adaptability in terms of our approach play style on the counter in brackets which by the way i think we're brilliant at when it works but sometimes it doesn't work which is fine but we haven't changed until recently making changes at halftime, which is great basically i feel like we can be we can be too predictable and if we don't score first we have struggled would you guys like to see us set up differently and be perhaps a little bit more aggressive and more on the front foot instead of trying to play on the counter as always, great work on the podcast, and come on, you Spurs. Um, okay, mate. Oh, well, I, 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 you've heard that question. Yep. What? It's, it's an interesting one. What, what are your thoughts initially?
1: Um, the the predictability thing is one of those questions where, if you remember, under Pochettino, yeah, everyone used to be able to guess our starting eleven, guess the yep. exact way we were able to play, and yep. we played with the attitude of. We know how good we are. You change yeah. to deal with us.
0: Yeah, which is a big club mentality, Yeah, basically.
1: So in terms of are we too predictable, I don't yeah. think that in itself is an issue. No. You know, it's like you look at teams like a Barcelona in their heyday. You knew yeah. you were going to get ticker-tack football, football yeah. and they were going to literally pass and walk the ball from their penalty box to yours yeah. and Messi was going to score.
0: Yeah, well, the, the example now, of course, in the Premier League, uh, you know how Man City are going to play yeah. every game. You know how Liverpool are going to play. So, yeah, well, it is... Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't say that. Not now. No, no, yeah, no, no. no, no. no, no, no. I, take no, that out. Not right now. Take that out. Yeah, take yeah. that back <clears throat> fast. Um, I, I think your point's valid. And I think it is something that a lot of people perhaps overthink and over With Pochettino, it was there's, there's no plan B. And my argument was always: be if your plan A is that good, then you don't need a plan B. (laughs) You know, if you if you go out and the vast majority of games you win, then you're doing the right thing. You know, and every now and again, football's you know football's mental. You only got to look at the FA Cup every season where a phenomenal football team will go and play against a group of clogging idiots who work part time at Safeway and lose. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, how? How did that possibly happen? It's because football at the end of the day is 11 v 11. And if one team are so amped up and ready to play yeah. and the other team have just dropped their level, a team can beat another one. You know, the Premier League does it week in, week out. You look at it and you go, right, I'm going to predict all the scores. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> you're not oh, going to get yeah. yeah, all right. And fair enough. I've just, you know, just think about last weekend, Brighton versus Chelsea. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Did you... Could you have predicted 4-1 Brighton in that game? 4-1 maybe, that way, no. No, exactly, <laughs> you, know? you know. But then you've got the X factor. There's a lot of players out at Brighton who had a bit of a point to prove, perhaps, to their old boss. Yep. Chelsea players had played in midweek and had showed up probably thinking they were going to win. You know, gonna just we, we just got to show up. Yeah. But going to Brighton and winning isn't for every team. Just saying. No. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I genuinely... The point going back to this is... Are we tactically inflexible? Um, me and you've debated this a lot, so this is kind of fun to bring this to the podcast because
1: yeah. this is like a my... WhatsApp conversation every time first yeah, played. Play.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Basically, because because I look at us and and I and I think to myself, I look at the way we're set up. I look at the way Conte wants us to play, and I'm like, if you've got if your wing backs play to a level, you know, you got them playing to a certain level. In this system, we look good. You know, we look very, very good. Yeah. The The issue comes when teams have been able to either nullify the wingbacks or the wingbacks just haven't been that good. And uh, I don't want to just like single out players and just attack players because people often jump on that like, oh, there's a hate campaign. But I just want to say at the moment, for example, Emerson Royale, for me, Still is not a wing back. He, his his attacking ability, uh, defensively, I think he's probably the best right sided player we've got. But offensively, the guy can't cross. You know, if you compare him to Perisic delivery, it is apples and oranges, isn't it? You know, it is night and day. And you you need that. you, know, you like you have to have that ability because. If you are relying on your wing backs to be your creativity, you you have to have them create. And Emerson Royale's got a phenomenal engine. That guy can get up and down that flank all day long. But if he can't actually deliver anything, if you like, so for example, if you're a defender, he's right footed, you think to yourself, right, show him on the inside, show him onto his left, and yep. I nullified him. With Emerson Royale right now, you're probably just thinking. Just show, show, him him the the bowl, yeah. show him the final yeah, third. Show him the final third. Just, just, just show him because he can't cross. You I, know, I, I think I've we've got we've no
1: joke. Before, haven't we said uh, Emerson Royale was where attacks go to fizzle out.
0: Yeah. Well, it is, you know, and and, and again, I, I know it sounds like I'm being uh, like attacking him because other players like Matt Doherty is a good offensive wing back, but he is a good offensive wing back for getting in the box. So yeah. like Matt Doherty' delivery is really poor. However, he will, he can arrive at the back post. He's got a real aerial presence. He's great. He can get goals that way. way. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. So, in theory, Perisic whipping the ball in and Doherty arriving should work really well. But it just you need that threat from both sides because otherwise teams can set up and go right. Perisic is the threat. Mark him out the game. Emerson Royal can't cross, just let the guy, you know, if he wants to run up and down, all they let him? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and that's kind of where the issue is because if you nullify Tottenham's wing backs at the moment or they're just not able to do what we need them to do, then we don't have that creative spark in the middle. You know, Hoybier and Bentoncourt are not players like Ericsson who are going to unlock a defence. They've both got the ability. Well,
1: Bentoncourt is doing more of that kind of job and they're breaking forward at the moment, but it's out of necessity more than ability, I think.
0: I think Hoybier and Bentoncourt both have the ability to come forward and be better pressing higher and up. But that in itself yep. is a slight system change because I think they're only comfortable doing that when you add a basuma, when you make it a three in the middle. See for me,
1: I would love saying about um, the question asked about like formations yeah. and stuff. I would love to see us play a five-two-one-two. So at the moment we're kind of playing a five-three-two or the five-two-three. Yeah, I would love to see us play a, a Basuma and or Skip and a Hoyberg or something or yeah. a Bentoncourt as the two, and then allowing one of the other ones to sit behind a strike partnership. Yeah. And kind of, or even if if Son, Michalis and all that are all fit, yeah. dropping Kane into that position, well, dropping that's, Kane back yeah. and letting Michalis and Son go, you know? That, that for and me... playing that sort of formation. Yeah. Or or in January, we cross everything. Yeah. And we get a, a centre-attacking midfielder sort of player coming, a creative player that can play that role. If... um, That just links it all.
0: Yeah. No, no, it's, it, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of where we're at and i think that is where there's an element of frustration when we're watching us at the moment which is um you you and i just before we started recording we we're talking a little bit about stats and stuff from the the bournemouth game which shocked us um yeah. j- just just to recap that mate if you've still got it in front of you the bournemouth game right have- everybody listening right before you say this just everybody listening What do you think our percentage of possession was in that game? You know, we were 2-0 down. We battled back to win 3-2 in the second half. But the whole game, and I would predict most people will be thinking 50, possibly a little bit less. What what, what was our possession stat in the game? 70. Yeah. We absolutely, I mean, if you look at, so
1: all the stats here, I've got like um, shots, shots on target, amount of passes, passing accuracy, corners, all of those stats. Yeah. And if you look at the back, we had 23 shots. Yeah. 70% possession. Yep. We made 631 passes at 89% accuracy. Yeah. And we had 19 corners. Yeah. We absolutely you know, dominated we- and then if
0: you look at the scoreline yeah. it's 3-2. We dominated yeah, we're, we're, that and they scored a couple of lucky goals. We we did. I mean, it's, it's it's kind of a crazy thing because again, anyone who watched that game would class that as a game of two halves, and yet yeah. it was one nil at halftime. They scored straight away in the second half. Everyone's like, "Oh, Tottenham are so much better in the second half," and it's like, "Well, they didn't they start forty ninth minute. Yeah, yeah, we didn't start the second half that well. You know, they 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 got a goal again. So it's it's kind of a strange thing at the moment where you know if you're watching it. Uh, you know, the Marseille game, for example, and we're going to go on to these games in a little bit more detail in a minute, but the Marseille game, that first half was just so bad to watch. Like we couldn't string two passes together. It was so frustrating. <laughs> me, me and
1: you joked about the Marseille game that if we didn't make a change at half at time, yeah. I was
0: turning it off. Yeah. 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 And then he brought on Emerson Royale yeah. and I had to you stop did. myself from turning yeah, yeah, it, it off anyway. It, it was the deal. <laughs> you, you made the deal with God and, and yeah. Emerson Royale emerged and, turn the whole game around yeah uh yeah. But, but it just kind of like it just the frustration i think is we watch tottenham play at the moment and every now and again it clicks and it looks good like uh, you see one yeah. touch passing football like right, ripping through a team and you're like wow um the playing it out from the back even which i've always had this kind of near heart attack all the time all of us, like in a few games recently i've been like wow these teams are pressing us high and we've just ripped through them one-touch passing, look round the corner. Yeah. And I'm like, that, that... Against
1: Marseille, I had a few heart in mouth moments. Oh, massively, we doing that. massively, but, man, massively. But we I mean, didn't lose the ball. Like, I'm panicking, but um, we didn't lose the ball from doing no, it. You know, no, no, and that's...
0: It's it's this kind of weird thing where it's like, I think we've had so much time just watching us and being terrified of us playing that way that now we're actually doing it to a fairly decent level. We're still terrified. Um, yes, will you stop doing that? That
1: was a really, really nice part. Yeah, but don't, yeah, do yeah, yeah but don't do it again, yeah. please.
0: I don't think my heart can take it. Yeah. Um, but it, what is interesting is like, I think that's where the frustration is because we are seeing that in bits and not 90 minutes. Like if we were to put together a complete 90-minute performance playing as well as we have done in these little passages. We could beat anyone. We really could, yeah. And, that, and I think that's the thing we're all looking at going... Why can't that happen? Like, what is going on? And I, I had this, like, crazy theory, and I shared it on the podcast a few weeks ago, which is, it's like, we've looked at this season and gone, okay, the World Cup is basically two seasons in one. Like, because we're going to have this break, and then everyone's going to have to start again. Everyone's going to have injuries. Yeah. Everyone's going to have fatigue issues. Like, like, they're top players who've gone to the World Cup load of players are going to stay behind and they're going to have to have like basically another mini preseason you know it's going to be a weird year
1: loads of teams are talking about doing um, the warm weather training camps and stuff and I, and I kind
0: of look at it and I think to myself well I wonder if you've kind of you know you've mapped out a plan because we went you know we went hard on fitness like going into this and we've recovered now the most points of any team in the Premier League coming back into games and we, which is fantastic and frustrating, it, both. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's equal. But it's like there's no team fitter than us right now, and I think that shows. You know, you're like really, yeah. 90, 95th minute of games, and our team, our players are running still like it's the first minute, which yep. I think is a burning indictment on how slow they are in the first minute. But <laughs> well, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, you think the last two games alone,
0: yeah,
1: we've had a ninety second minute winner yeah. and a ninety fifth minute yeah. winner. Yeah, and, and both of them have been a counter-attacking kind of break of play and, that has then led to that. And goal teams, team a
0: team and, and player is really but like you know, Hoybier pushing himself to get into that position to score that winner was next yeah. level.
1: And the Benton core goal exactly. Yeah. He, his, the corner, but only he's, because he counter pressed so quickly.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, his calmness. Oh man, yeah, by the, the calmness
1: way. Way. to score that in the ninety yeah. second minute, he didn't power blast no. it. Like we saw um Boybjerg against Marseille, great opportunity. Just hit it as hard as he could. Yep. Cannon off the crossbar. Yep. I called him many words. I apologize for Yes,
0: Yes, yes. Yep. which later I had to retract.
1: <laughs> yeah, apologies for that one. Yep. Um, but then you saw the call one, like the calmness, yep. just almost like almost uh, like
0: just lofted it into the top of know, the net. Like, you know that, this one. that that is a sign of fitness as well, because when you're blowing out your ass, you can't think that clearly.
1: So, Oh, trust
0: me. Yeah, I play football every weekend. Yeah. As of minute seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And so um, I, I, th- I think we've answered that. I think we've answered that and gone well above and beyond. So uh, thank you very much for the question. I hope you've enjoyed the response. Uh, we have another one from Instagram. And this gentleman has his own theme song. Now it's time for a comment from Island Brother. You what it's really cold at the moment, listening to this makes me want to be on a beach somewhere.
1: Has anyone contacted you yet?
0: No, <laughs> 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 I'm still getting away with it every time.
1: <laughs> months, months, I've known what that is. Yeah, and you no, on the podcast shush, the other shush, week, shush, no one's got don't, it, don't,
0: and I'm like, I know no, it. Don't, don't, no, shush. <laughs> um, because then the copyright people will arrive. <laughs> I
1: couldn't work out why for weeks I was humming the same song in my head, yeah, like, for weeks.
0: Yeah. Couldn't work out why. And then one day he just suddenly went... Oh, I know what that is. Yeah, Uh But yeah, this is a, a message from Ireland Brother. Hello, my friend. He says, Hi, guys. I get it now. Just focus on the second half. That's the ticket. The first half doesn't exist. We are a bloody good team, aren't we? Question. Will you guys be boycotting the World Cup? I support England, but won't be watching due to the human rights violations. I hope you're well, and come on, you Spurs. Wow, island brother! Don't mess about with your question, my friend. Go, go two footed. Wow, damn. What do I say to that? If I say I'm watching it now, I'm like pro human right violations. I don't know. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I have that problem of.
1: Um, I feel bad now. So yeah, like wow, like, like I am one of these people <clears throat> that is just football mad. Yeah, and the wife hates it because she'll walk in the room and be like, oh, footballers yeah. on. Who, who are Tottenham playing today? Yeah. And I'm like, nah, yeah. no, no, nah. no. It, it's Blackpool versus Luton. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what are you watching that for then? Because it's, it's on. Football on the yeah. You know, pff, why do you think? Yeah. I've got a baby due during the World you Cup. Do. And I've already said, you if do. the baby comes early or delayed, that it is due banging between the second final, the semi-final yeah. and the final. Yeah. So a couple of days either way, we're having a home birth. That TV is going to have football on it. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> and... Um, I just, I watch football, I just love football, so, but now he's asked the question like that, I feel like I can't watch the World Cup now, so... Yeah, (laughs)
0: Yeah, well, I I, 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 I brother, you've guilted us into not watching it, oh, no, truthfully, truthfully, no, yes, I will be watching it, um, I'll be watching it because it's one of those things like the Olympics, the World Cup, stuff like that, I, I, I watch, um... You know, I don't know anything about winter Olympic sport, but when that's on every four years, I become a damn curling expert. You Mate, know, curling, yes. Throwing rocks down ice, it is a sweeping like a, oh, I'm there. Um, so, what I love is that every British person, yeah. that is the go-to sport yeah. for winter uh, Olympics. Yeah, because, Everyone, curling! Yeah, well, it's, it's a bloody good laugh, isn't it? I mean, it, it looks fun. Faster, faster! Yeah. Oh, 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 so, oh bugger it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So uh, I I yeah I'm going to be watching it. I, I do completely understand anyone who's making a boycott and I got to be honest with you I get it. Um I would not you know th- there are certain things I'd love to go and do. I'd love to go on a British Irish Lions rugby tour. I'd love to go and watch England play in a World Cup football. Um this is one I would never attend. Like this this tournament yeah. I do not agree with. It should never have been awarded to them. It was totally corrupt. We all know that. Oh, completely, yeah. And But people have literally died building these stadiums. People have literally suffered. It is disgusting what has happened. And now yeah. to see, you know, uh, fans who, who, you know, gay football fans and people like that are basically now being told, look, if you travel, please don't be Basically, don't be yourself in public. <laughs> it, it's it's, a, absolutely it's an incredibly difficult thing when you think about the message of football is supposed to be inclusivity. You know, it doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter your ethnicity, doesn't matter anything like this. You're all part of a football yeah. family. And how they can try and portray that message coming from a country with, like you say, the human rights records, with their with their views on LGBTQ plus people and everything like that, it's, it's kind of like, it's impossible to have that. Now, that being said, yeah, yeah, I I, I'm find t-
1: it's difficult.
0: Go on. You finish first. Well, no, I was just going to say, now that being said, I will caveat that. And I will say this, that when you travel to anywhere in the world, you have to respect their, their laws. Okay. Now, whether you yeah. agree with them or not is a separate issue for me. Like, so, for example, if anyone comes to the UK, they have to obey our laws. And everyone here, you know, you think about, think about people like, oh, bloody foreigners coming over here. Uh, you know, you've got to obey the UK laws, the laws of the land. And like I said, do I agree with them? No. Are they the laws there? Yes. So if I was traveling there, I would have to obey their laws. Like drinking in public, you know, there are so many things that are just so, so different and alien to To our culture here, but it is, is there? Now, should they have ever had the World Cup? Absolutely not, in my opinion. Can FIFA continue this, oh, football's a game for everyone right now? I think it's hypocritical beyond belief, and to be quite honest, actually to the point it's almost disgusting that they're doing yeah. that. The fact that Harry Kane has said he's going to wear a rainbow armband and is being told that for every game he wears it, he's going to get a massive fine from FIFA. Yeah. It's not good. It's like none of this good. Uh, The whole situation is terrible. But like I said, I I will be watching it. I will be watching England up until we get knocked out. So probably just a couple of weeks, probably about three three games. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Uh, Sorry, mate. I interrupted you. No,
1: I was actually going to say pretty much exactly the same as what you did. Okay. Um, I'm lucky I've been on quite a few holidays abroad yep. um, I've been to countries as as far out as Ghana yep. um, Jamaica America those sort of, those places and each time you travel somewhere yeah. you you obey you have to obey what their countries you have yeah. to respect and obey the, the culture of the country yeah now do to, to, to that extent I understand what they're saying with the LGBT
0: yep. The alphabet mafia, go with the that. The
1: alphabet mafia. Yeah, I understand what they sound with that, you know, don't go out in public and openly. Yeah. You know, I understand that. It is it correct to know you should be able to be yourself freely wherever you are? Yeah. However, if that is the country's culture and beliefs and yeah. stuff, you kind of yeah. have to accept that if you're planning to go there. The yeah. human rights issues and the stuff that's happened around the stadiums, I think is a completely different matter. Yeah. And it's awful if the things that are being reported are the truth and everything else. Then yet yeah, it is awful, absolutely awful. I agree. Um, but like yourself, I'm a it, It's the World Cup, and I'm a football fan, so I will yeah. be watching the football. And i I'll be watching the f- football, hoping that the players use the stage they have, yeah. to to put messages across. You know, Harry Kane and the <clears throat> armband, that yeah. sort of thing.
0: I, I think I think they will. I'm just. Uh, it is, yeah. It's... I want it done in the correct way, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay, so hopefully we've answered that, and hopefully uh, I've not offended anyone, because I normally do. I, I try not to. I do try yeah, not to. Yeah, I, uh, I, I have a, I have an amazing ability to do it, even when I don't mean to. Uh, heading over to Facebook, we have Tom Perks. Tom says, With Pierre-Emile Houybier seemingly talking to the press on a, a awful lot at the moment, do you guys think that he will be Hugo's successor as club captain? P.S. How good was that goal? Come on, you Spurs. Uh, firstly, that goal was great. <laughs> um, love that goal. Yeah. Secondly, as captain, um, I, I, I don't know. Um, him doing press duties is nothing new. Um, possibly you're just noticing it more, but you have quite literally at the end of every game a kind of scrum where players walk through and they can choose to stop and speak to journalists or not, or they can keep going. Hojbjerg uh, is someone who on a regular basis will talk to journalists. Um, Harry Kane rarely does it, but when he does, you know, you'll see it everywhere because he rarely does it. <laughs> um, Eric Dyer, yeah. Eric Dyer talks to the journalists a lot. So um yeah, you do have certain players who are more comfortable doing that. Hugo doesn't, which is kind of funny. But he he leads by example. um, And when he's he's called upon for press duty, he steps up. You know, he doesn't shy away from it. But at the same time, he's not going to go looking for journalists. (laughs) You know, he's kind of like... Yeah, I just want to get home to the kids. <laughs> and if you've seen his wife, you'll understand why he wants to go home. She's beautiful. Uh, but he just let someone else drive him. Yeah, yeah, Please, please let someone else drive him. <laughs> yeah, let's let's not celebrate too much. Hey, hey boss. <laughs> um yeah. uh, but he um yeah, uh, I I don't know. I don't know on that. It's such a such a interesting question because Larissa's been our captain for such a long time now and served us so immaculately. I don't like thinking of him gone. I know we have to. I know we all have to think about it, but it's just kind of like, nope, he's going to live forever and he's going to be our keeper. I, I was a bit like I this, you know. Like,
1: realistically, realistically, I think we've probably only got another one or two seasons past uh, this one. I think, I think, I think one. I and think then he goes back to France.
0: Pers- personally, mate, I think after this World Cup, I think we're gonna. It's yeah, I, I think. I think next season, I think next summer we're we're going to be trying to sign a replacement. And yeah. and I and I know who I know who we want by the way and I just cannot see it happening in a million years. And that's Oblak from Atletico Madrid.
1: Do you know what? I didn't realize he was only like 23, 24 years old. No. I he's been around for a He's forever. older than that, isn't he? No, Obla. I'm sure it's Obla. only like in the, he's only in his like early twenties, but he's been around forever. No, that
0: can't be I, I, true. I'm googling it. One second. He's 29. Is he? Yes. Oh, okay. God, you 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 had me thinking. Well, we definitely ain't getting him now. But, um, 29 for a keeper. By the way, you're at your peak. Um, 29 going up to like 34, 35 is kind of like goalkeepers. Yep, still very good. Uh, but yeah, that's that's who the club like. Um, Atletico Madrid letting him go, I I just don't see it personally. Unless the key, unless he himself wants to play in England.
1: So I just realised I was thinking of the Spanish keeper, okay, Simon. Okay, who knows Simon? He's only twenty five. That's who I was thinking of.
0: Okay. <laughs> don't worry. All right, moving on. Wrong wrong keeper. Um, but yeah, so so uh, captaincy. I, I don't know. I mean, to me. If he signs a new contract and if he's happy at the club, then I think Harry Kane takes the captaincy. Um, That's the obvious answer, isn't it? But I don't see who other than him would Eric Dyer. Eric possibly, possibly from me. Um, I, I don't know. I'm kind of a really a bad shout. I mean, I mean Gary Mabbott's still captain to me, so I mean, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I just, <laughs> uh, yeah. I... I it's it's an interesting way. It's one of those things where I think a lot of it comes down to the manager. So the manager I remember um Alex Ferguson talking about Roy Keane as basically being an extension of him on the pitch. So he made him captain because his his viewpoint was exactly the same and whereas Ferguson could only get him in at half time and shake him by the throat, Keane could do it on the pitch. And and he would, and he <laughs> would you know, and would. And so yeah. it was a natural kind of an extension of myself. Now, we've seen successive managers in Mourinho and Conte. Basically, Hojbjerg the first name on the team sheet. Um, yeah. uh, probably because of his work rate and, and his mentality, definitely. You know, there are games where I, I question his ability to track runners. Um, but at the same time, I, I think the, the positives for him outweigh the negatives. I think we're seeing that more and more as he's able to go forward more. I, I, mm-hmm. I really don't see him as a sitting defensive midfielder. I see him no, as... See,
1: when we signed him, that's what I thought. When we signed him, I thought, yeah. that's a ball-winning midfielder. He's going to sit back, defend, almost take on... Remember like the Wanyama the yeah. and yeah, Dembele yeah. kind of sitting back, defending, helping the defence? Yeah. The more this season's gone on in particular, the more I'm seeing him making these run forwards and appearing at the edge of the box, and I'm like, I've got this guy completely wrong. Yeah. He's a box-to-box midfielder, not a holding midfielder at all. Yeah. All these times I've sold him on Football Manager for not being a good enough <laughs> Turns out I was wrong. I was playing him in the wrong formation. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: I mean, that's, that's <laughs> half the battle always. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, for, for you, uh, you know, so if, like today, say Hugo Lloris went, uh, I'm retiring, I'm done. Uh, I'd give the captaincy to Harry Kane today. Mm-hmm. Uh, yourself, who who would you you know if it was today, who would you pick?
1: Kane is the obvious one. He's England captain. Yeah. He's a leader
0: of the team. He is the obvious He's Mr. one. He's Mister Tottenham. Yeah. As long
1: as he, as long as he signs that new contract, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he doesn't, then it's probably
0: Dyer for me. Yeah, yeah, Mister Dyer. Uh, Eric Dyer, Pierre emile Hoybier and Harry Kane are all in contract talks. By the way, yes. Just just putting out there, I think it's in the press, but. Yeah, so
1: Real Madrid have uh, lined themselves up for Hojbjerg and all of a sudden we're in talks for a contract renewal Nah, uh, that that's so makes sense <clears> yeah, yeah.
0: That's, that's, that's a clever agent isn't it that <laughs> um, oh, wasn't it just okay, yeah. uh, so uh, our final question on Facebook comes from someone else who has their own theme here is a question from Ryan Miller you all know what
1: time it is
0: it's Miller time Ryan Miller says what's your view on why we play so differently in the second half to the first it's like watching a completely different team uh yeah uh Stefan why do you think that is
1: first my first view is the guy that done the uh, voiceover for that one what a star
0: yeah definitely
1: um yeah no it's so frustrating like this whole first 45 minutes to the second 45 minutes it's such a frustration it's like it's almost like we're sitting back for the first... Like, So, I have a theory, okay? I have a theory. Let's, let's Bring it up. on. My, my theory is we know how good our fitness is.
0: <clears throat> yeah.
1: So, it's almost like we are setting up the first half... Rope as if to say, let them in. Let yeah. them in. Let them run themselves ragged. Yeah. We will just defend where we need to. Keep giving them the ball. Let them run around and pass the <laughs> ball around. And let them <laughs> use their legs. Yeah. And then in the second half, when our fitness kicks in, we know that we've got those last 20, 25 minutes where we're going to be sprinting and they're going to be struggling to jog. I, I mean, That's where we'll do the damage. I mean, don't get me wrong. And,
0: I love this theory. I love the idea of an instruction being, yeah, just keep giving them the ball back. It's fine.
1: <laughs> just let them have it outside their box and let them run around with it sort of thing. Because if you watch us play, how often are we giving the ball away in the final third? Oh,
0: don't. It kills me. It and absolutely
1: if I, kills I, me. It, It's a genuine theory now. I watch us give the ball away in the final third so often. And then they counter-attack at absolute full pace. But we've got three defenders sat there, which are most of the time just mopping it up, giving the ball back to the forwards who lose the ball, and they counter-attack at speed again. And then we're looking at the goals we scored. So against Bournemouth, 57, 73, 92. It's almost like we're getting to around the 60th minute of the match And our fitness is really kicking in. There's is going. oh crap, we've been running for the last hour. Yeah. And it's kind of like that as well. Again, against Marseille, the goals, 54 minutes, 95 minutes. Yeah. And I, um, I, I really uh, hope uh, um, that's not actually our tactic of, I mean, I mean, uh, and then I mean, and it's and a fun,
0: uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, literally rope a dope. I mean, it is a fun theory. <laughs> yeah. uh, me, um, if we're going to go crazy theories, it's, uh, I don't know. Do I mean, me no, my this? my my actual my actual genuine thought process is I think we're overtraining ahead of the games. I think I I had this thing, and and this is so don't get me wrong. This is so far removed from professional athletes, of course. But I, when I was playing rugby and I was younger, I was I was signed, and when I got signed to this club, I went from doing training three nights a week to daily, and. Yep. On the actual game days, I used to, you know, show up, do a warm-up, play the game. And we had this coach come in who basically was like, no, you come in in the morning, we do a training session, and then you then travel, you do your warm-up, and then you play. And so I do like an hour to two hours in this morning session, and then go play a game later in the day. And the whole idea of this was this kind of... Getting you up, your metabolism, getting you, getting yourself ready and in this kind of zone, and and but I would struggle at the start of every single game where my legs felt like lead, but I would get more, I would get stronger as the game went because I was like, I don't know, it was like the fitness levels kicked in, but I it, I was basically being overtrained, and gotcha. when when that changed, I never had that issue and. I do wonder because there is such an emphasis from Conte on fitness and fitness and fitness. I mean I've got no idea what the pre-match routine is, but it just kind of feels like perhaps they're doing something. Hell if you can go do a half marathon yeah. before twelve. Yeah, perhaps uh perhaps perhaps they yeah perhaps their breakfast is too heavy, you know? It just there is something that is clearly <laughs> clearly an issue. That's too many weeks of weeks.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah but just you, you watch us and it is uh ryan just said sometimes it's like watching two completely different teams and it is and is 90 percent of the time it is the same players you know half time you'll send out the same 11 and you're like where was this urgency where was this fight yeah. and desire um do they do they need to have a rocket rammed up you know does it take 45 minutes to warm up so there is something in the routine somewhere which is failing and I think a good coach and I think a, a good setup needs to identify what that is. Or it's or it's your idea. <laughs> which which is the more I think about it, the more fun it is, really.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> good. Contact at the beginning of the match. Now remember guys, yeah. Edge of their box, give it away, yeah. let them counter. Remember, yeah. edge of the box, give it away, let the them counter. Yeah, let them let 'em run. And when at it us. gets to an hour, stop giving them the ball yeah. and punish
0: them. Yeah. I just the idea of that would just be hilarious. Like a behind the scenes thing at the end of the season and we were like, "I knew it." <laughs> um so Aaron we have Kane
1: and Son are like, "But I could have scored more goals yeah. this season, but the gaffer said don't score before the 55th minute." Yeah.
0: So Yeah, I'm not allowed. Yeah, I, I, any shots I got fried last week. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. so we've had a couple of games and we we've talked about them a lot already, but both games have been comeback victories. Uh, Bournemouth, we went 2-0 down, coming back to win 3-2. And then in the Champions League, we went 1-0 down in a ridiculously hostile atmosphere, by the way. Would it just, um, like... It, yeah. It's
1: becoming more of a thing now as well in European fixtures. But what Yeah, I see the thing is, like... People say it's become more of a thing now. I don't see it in England. Like I don't know if it's because it's just not reported as much. Liverpool. But, like, I... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In England. Yeah, you see it um, you don't really see it as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This whole, you know, fireworks outside the hotel two times during the night to keep you yeah. disturbed. And fireworks. Yeah. Out- I remember listening to the commentators, and yeah. it was like, you know, the fireworks at the start of the game was making him jump, and yeah. by the 30th minute, it was like, oh,
0: another fireworks just gone off. Well, it was. It was so loud. It was like bombs going off, because they're mm. echoing, and I'm like... Jesus Christ! I can't take a bottle of water into a stadium here. What the? How in the? hour f- are people getting flares and fireworks in the stadium? Yeah. And maybe it's a Is question. That, I don't in want the, ask. if they're setting them off out, well, yeah, Even if they're yeah.
1: setting them off just outside and aiming it over yeah. the stadium, it's still a case of surely, surely there's a safety protocol. Surely somewhere.
0: that shouldn't be happening. But regardless of, I mean, the atmosphere was insane. It was so hostile. You know. Um, the Marseille fans came and really were the twelfth man. Um, you know, really made an impact. Um, yeah, I I felt that we gifted them their goal uh, through errors compounded by Ryan Sessegnon seeing the ball out, even though it was a corner. Uh, Coming they, off was foot, yeah. They then take it quickly, boom, and score. Um, which you know we just weren't set. No one was marking that guy, and so i I kind of looked at that, and I was like, you know this this is literally the definition of my frustration with Tottenham this season, which is we've looked uh apathetic, lethargic, we've looked like we're not really in the game, um, yep. and we've conceded a goal through our errors, you know they, they yeah they they were creating chances, but you know Hugo had dealt with it, which is what he's there to do and we limited them really to kind of like efforts he from saves to be fair to him. He did. Yeah, yeah he's still still a phenomenal keeper. And I, I I like I said I'm kind of watching it and it's half time and we're talking and we're just like I'm not sure I even want to watch the second half. You know, it's like why why do this to myself? You know, we're, we're going out of the Champions League. Um,
1: yeah, we
0: joked at, uh,
1: before the match we joked him about how um, Hugo had come out and said you know this is our Champions League final we yeah, have yeah. to win this yeah, or this we're out our final, yeah. we watched the first half the goal goes
0: in from us not marking at the corner and it's like yeah yeah yep, yep, we're that's, playing a final yeah, that's yep. Tottenham in a final definitely so um, the, the thing that the thing that kind of I guess changed really is the players came out and, and although not initially like initially they kind of came out felt themselves into the game a little bit but there was a definite difference in the press and the desire and the aggression. Um, yeah. Post match, we've learnt like Harry Kane said that Hugo had a lot to say, you know, about how the team needed to be more aggressive, and also the message was like, we fought hard to get into the Champions League. Is this how is this how you want it to end? You know, yeah. we go out basically with a whimper, or are we going to go out with a fight here? Um and and they did and and as soon as they did that, the game changed. Like Marseille, yes, they still did create a few chances in that second half, but it was we really dominated, like we really got into them and we looked like at one point we could have easily won that game two to three times. And it had got to that point yeah. where I was dreading it because I was thinking they're gonna score in like the 90th minute. Um because this I've seen this script before you know we we've we've created all these chances you know for Kane for Hoybier at the bar um you know we've created these chances left and right damn it you know we've had our we've had our chance we are going to we're going we're gonna to lose this um but no hoybier goes through and by the way what a finish that was that was a really good finish i i didn't expect that finish at no, all no not at all and and so I, I mean absolutely over the moon absolutely over the moon with that Um, frustration that we're still not able to put a performance together for ninety minutes. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll do Matt proud by um, bringing you a couple more stats from the game. Well, let let me just let me just finish what I was going to say, and then definitely. But what I was going to say is, it's one of those things where this is an away game in the Champions League. There are no easy fixtures in the Champions League. You know, we talk about in the Premier League, but like in Europe, especially the Champions League, there's no easy game. Everybody is playing. Everyone is amongst the best in their country and they're representing their country. And when you're away in the champions league, you know, in that kind of atmosphere to go a goal down and to come back the way we did, you know, I know you're about to go through the stats, which are going to be like reading hell, I imagine, but I'm kind of delighted. I kind of look at that as the result and just think that's what a, what a, a perfect European away performance. You go away and you just get a result, you know. And that's, I mean, yeah, and that's kind looked, of we've had two games.
1: Both games we've come from behind to yeah. win and collect three points in both games. Yeah, really. What more can you ask for? Yeah, Bournemouth is not an easy place to go because it's such a small ground. It's such an enclosed yeah. ground. Yeah, and they're
0: not playing bad football at the
1: moment, really. No, not at
0: all. No, no, not at all. We we saw that and in the game. and
1: Marseille like that was hostile in Marseille, wasn't it? So you know, it's
0: yeah. Yeah. So, so in that you, sense, you, yeah. you
1: have you have some stats from Marseille game. So the Marseille game. So shots we only had seven shots to their 16. Yep. Of which three were on target, we scored two. Yep. Marseille had four on target, scored one. Yep. Possession we only had 36%. Yeah. Now I understand again like you say an away game in the Champions League there is no easy away games. No. Um, you think uh, Real Madrid won it last year, and they lost away to Sheriff yep. Maccabi in the group stage. No, there is
0: no easy games. No, nope. but thirty six percent possession that's that's low even for Spurs. It, it, it's low, but at the same time, you know, you look at that; they had all that possession, and they created four shots on target all night. Yeah, so that tells us our defence yeah. did well. Yeah,
1: considering our defence was kind of missing the
0: Romero and stuff, yep. um, you
1: know. Lengley, I think actually had quite a good game. I agree.
0: And uh, take away goal. him
1: scoring the goal, yeah. Even ignoring scoring the goal, defensively, I think he had quite a good game. I agree. Um, Dyer playing out more on the right than his central normal position as yeah. well. I thought he did well. Agreed. And Davis is Davis, and I love Davis. So
0: you know what you're going to get with him. He's going to give everything.
1: Yeah, completely. Um, but yeah, looking more at the stats as well. Like we had, we didn't have many corners on the game. We had three corners to their nine. Yeah. Um, passes we made about half the amount of passes they did because obviously they had a lot more position. But we came away with a a win three points and topped the group. Yep, what what more can we ask for?
0: No, and and that's the thing you you look at that group table and you look at it and you go, Oh wow, you know, Tottenham were the favourites to top the group and and they've done it. But I mean, it doesn't tell the story. I mean, Sporting Lisbon were excellent in every game I watched them play, Frankfurt were excellent. And Marseille were excellent, you know, there was there was four good teams in that group. Uh yes, we were favourites, and yes, we finished top. So it, to the me the fact it, that on
1: the sorry. last day of the group on group day six, yeah, all four teams at one point yeah, were could, top of the group yeah. and going through. Yeah, exactly. During those yeah. ninety minutes. That was crazy. Like that's yeah. what you want from the Champions League. I mean, that's, that what, that's how you want it after to be yeah. game four as well
0: massively yeah i mean i love it the first four games won and then the last two send out the youth uh yeah but um the major downside from the game of course was the injury to sonny um Mm -hmm. son unmin uh went for a challenge and caught a guy's shoulder and has fractured uh sort of around his eye socket and needs surgery uh that surgery is happening in the next few days and Keeping everything crossed for him that the surgery goes well, and therefore he'll be able to make the World Cup for his country because uh, it means the world to him. Um, he yep. is he's the captain of his national team going to a World Cup. I mean, this and was he twenty nine you know, now as well? So you know, he's kind of it's prob it's probably his last. You know, uh, who knows? But probably. Probably his last one. Certainly, probably the last one is captain. But he—he's phenomenal player. Such a lovely, nice guy as well. You know, you just want him to be okay. Um,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm hoping surgery and then a mask he'll be able to. I hope to so. Play
0: the world uh, cup. Let's let's hope so. Now, core grabbed his hamstring in the game as well, so core mm-hmm. is being assessed. Uh, Sonny's getting the headlines, but core has been one of our best players this season for me. I would um, say our best player. And, I would say and, our best player and is potentially going to be a massive, massive loss if if he's ruled out. Um, so he's being assessed at the moment. On the injury front, uh, the news is out now that QT Romero won't play for us before the World Cup. He has a muscle strain. Um, is that
1: the um, don't-want-to-miss-the-World Cup-itis?
0: Basically, yeah. Um, yeah. Now, <sighs> Argentinian players would appear... To have some sort of either massive fear factor or uh, an unrequented love for their national team, that when it gets close to major tournaments or anything like that, they all seem to do this. Um, yeah. You know, we've seen LeCelso basically steal a living from us, go away on international duty and come back injured every single time. Um, and you showed me yesterday, there's a list of something like six players, is it? the argentinian players so who are cur- more, possibly more than that actually yeah. yeah who are currently injured but are all expected to be available for the first game of the world cup
1: yeah dean maria on campos paradas martinez romero yeah. Foyth, de paul and lacelso
0: yeah lacelso so uh, it's, well, no, it's kinda... injured more the times than not anyway so yeah know, so I'm kind of like I'm kind of like looking at that going Come on, really? Um, when I've, you see, I've been
1: told Brazil has a very similar list.
0: Yeah, 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 no, I, I know. Um, but like, you look at Ben Davis. Wales going to a World Cup. That's once in a lifetime. But he is running himself into the ground for Tottenham right now. Harry yeah. Kane is going to be captain in England at a World Cup. And he's running himself into the ground right now. Hoybier yeah. for Denmark. So... There's a mentality thing there, and I'm I'm disappointed. QT Romero is a player I really like, and I, and I'm kind of disappointed in this. Now, I'm sure he does, you know, because physios would quickly go, you're fine. <laughs> um, so there is obviously a muscle strain there, but, yeah, it's just a little bit disappointing for me. I, that
1: I think as well, when you look at the South American players, I think they actually enjoy playing for their country more than they do for their, their yeah, clubs. Yeah, you're probably Whereas right. England have always had the opposite problem. Yeah, um, and I think yeah, I think that as a as a mental side of it as well. I think with muscle injuries and things like yeah. that as well. I think there's a mental. There is. Side there it, is definitely. You run right. and you go. Oh, I don't know if that feels right. Yeah.
0: or I don't know. And I think that's a lot of the problem as well. You, you're you're probably spot on, mate. Um, the next game is Liverpool, which is a fixture which has been a bit loathsome for the last few years. Um, Liverpool are having a crazy up and down season where. One game, they look the world beat inside. We know the next game, they look utter shite. Um, Champions League, they've
1: been great. League, Premier League,
0: rubbish. Now, we know, because we're Tottenham fans, which version we're going to get. <laughs> yeah. There is, there is not a doubt in... Version. Yep. There is not a doubt in my mind that peak Barcelona in Liverpool shirts are going to show up. Um yeah. and, and that's just the way it goes. But... Uh, our injury list is just looking at it. I'm like, damn. I mean, I, <laughs> we've got more players I, out injured than we've got fit, I think, at the moment. Well, if we walk through the team uh, at the back, Romero's a big loss. Uh, any t- He walks yeah. into any team in the league, and I stand by that. Um, no, you, wa- you walk in the midfield, and Benton is potentially out. He's a massive loss for us. And then you go into attack, and we're going to be missing Kulisewski's son and Richarlison. I mean, yeah. it's amazing to me that we went into the season with four front players that we all looked at and went, wow, for the first time, look at that. And three of them are <laughs> and out now, injured. And now we have Lucas, Gil
1: yeah. and
0: Kane. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's
1: I, like, Wait I, a minute,
0: what's happening? I, um, it's going to be interesting to see how we line up. It's going to be interesting to see who plays. Um, I, th- I think a lot of teams are going to be in a similar boat because players are kind of one eye on that World Cup, Definitely. Um, Kane said quite brilliantly in the interview, and he's right, he's like, you've got to be dedicated to every game, to every training session, because if you're not, that's when you get hurt. Um, yep. and, and his mentality is absolutely right. You know, something can happen yeah. out of nowhere. Sonny jumping for that ball 99% of the time is nothing, and he just runs off, you know, nothing happens. On that yep. particular occasion, he caught a shoulder and is hurt himself. It can happen. It's a yeah. contact sport. Um, and I think if you go into games thinking, Oh no, I can't do that because of this. That's when you're going to get munched, you know, it's, it's going to start go
1: pulling out a tackles or 50% in tackles. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Things go wrong. I've
1: learned
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. Massively. Um, so, uh, that's it, man. That's, that's me covered everything I wanted to cover. Um, we, we have Liverpool and then we have Nottingham Forest in the league cup. And then we have Leeds United and then the break for the world cup. Um, this this week for me... Sorry, these three games for me are kind of... Every game's a big game right now. When, when we're trying to compete for everything we're competing for, they're all big games. But if you can go into that World Cup with still in the League Cup, so if we can beat Nottingham Forest, so uh, and don't get me wrong, I think Conte's going to write it off, personally. I think he's going to field a, a youth team. Genuinely, I do. Well, against Forest, yeah, yeah probably. I, I, I genuinely do. I think... I think with the fixture pile-up, the fatigue in the first team, I, I genuinely think he's just going to write it off. But that being said, if we could go through, then we go into that World Cup with a situation where we're still in the you know in the top four fight. We are still in the League Cup, yep. still in the Champions League. It's literally all the box ticked, isn't it? You know, that is You know kind of exactly where we needed to be. Um, and but, all the fans are moaning that we're not playing well enough. So doesn't that tell yeah. you... If we so, find you find know, that extra gear... Whoa. Yeah, and and like I said, after this World Cup is new season. It, it's like a it's, a... it's a start again. And so yeah. we've got that opportunity to go, bang, clean slate, off we go again. And every yeah. club's going to be dealing with that kind of World Cup hangover. Some, you know, there might be some players who've gone and won the thing and they'll be, you know, well, hey, I've already done my job this year. What do you want me to play again for? You know, well, you, yeah. mentality-wise... It's going to be massive. It's going to be such a strange season. And I've said it so many times, but I stand by it. It's just going to be so odd. Um, my yeah, uh, I, my um, main thing is we've seen what we're like in second halves. Yeah, exactly. So second half of the season, dominant Tottenham. That's um, plan. But but we're there. We are there and we're fighting. Um, and we've got an opportunity to, to really progress. If we can beat Liverpool, beat Leeds, beat Nottingham Forest, then that's a phenomenal position to be in. I mean... Yep let's go for it and that's got to be the message it's got to be the thing of like we get into this world cup in the best position possible and then and then we all like everyone who's off on their world cup duties off you go good luck guys everyone else we're gonna have a break and then we're gonna get back together and we go again but yeah. we go again from a position of strength so there we go that's it that's our podcast Massive thank you to you, my friend, for stepping in like you so often do. You're a hero. No worries. Uh, no
1: worries. Always good
0: fun. Big thank you to everybody for listening. Apologies the the show's been a bit hit and miss over the last few months. Uh, we are doing our absolute best, but uh, we will be back again next week, or at least that is the plan as of today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you all take care, and as always, come on, you Spurs. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Stay up to date with all things Tottenham. Follow us on social media. All links are in the podcast description.